Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Rogue AI Podcast. This is your host, Wildebeest, and today I have got quite a treat for you. Unfortunately, we are without crazy today. He is busy, but returning to the show in a very uh, special fashion, I would like to welcome back Raptor to the uh, podcast. It was great having you on last time, Raptor, and last time it was just uh, talk with the boys, but this time we've got a little bit more business to talk about, and that's what I'm so excited to show to the listeners today, because literally... today is uh, one of those special kind of meetings. and And I did hint at this last week, or last episode, when I said I was going to have have you on for uh for this discussion but more recent developments makes this an even better episode so to cut right to it we are here today to talk about esports or esports organization back-end stuff in particular like management and building the uh brand of the organization because Raptor here is part of an organization known as Uncaged Gaming that is coming up and very brand new. They are ready to strike the strike the iron right now while it is hot. That is 100% correct. And something that I noticed right off the bat, right after Raptor told me about his involvement in this organization, I follow their Twitter account and literally the next day, they announced that they are partnered with Glitch Energy, who is a very, very uh, well-to-do sponsor. I'm uh, very happy that you guys got that sponsor. Oh, we are ecstatic when they reached out to us. And so everyone knows it was Glitch Energy that has reached out to us and offered us a sponsorship. Um, If you were to make an order, use promo code UNCAGED for 20% off your first order which is the 1599 starter pack or use the code uncage and get 20% off any other order after the starter. Yeah. Like I'm really like psyched to hear that you, you guys did a uh, deal with, un- with a glitch because they also uh, also made a deal with TSM who is a tier one org and to have the same level of uh, sponsorships as a tier one org right off the bat is like very good news. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be very, very fun. <laughs> it's very fun to follow. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be honest, though, I mean, it isn't just me that is behind this. The management team consists of Alyssa B and Redwood. Without yeah. those two. This organization could not have taken place. And I got to meet Alyssa the other day when we played Destiny, which was uh, very cool. She's very nice. You know, it was fun playing with her. Yes, she is very awesome. Highly intelligent when it comes to managing this organization. Honestly, the team that we had, even though we lost one CEO and I went from operations manager to CEO. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Um, even though we lost the one of the original ones in unfortunate circumstances, to be honest. 
we decided that it was best to move forward. And because of that, we have now taken it to a motivational level that since I have become in, we're being noticed. Oh now, yeah. Like your personality is very, very fitting for a uh, figurehead as well. That's something that I, you know, thought about to myself when you told me is that you are very like upfront and very uh, confident. Yes. And well, with our organization, transparency is one of our biggest deals. Like with this organization, we really want to have responsibility for our actions, accountability if we mess up, and also transparency with not only the org, but everyone who follows us. Yeah, like there's not too many orgs that succeed that don't have those key items. Yeah, like Face Clan comes to mind when you talk about uh accountability to the uh fans. Mm-hmm. Face Clan comes to mind, you know, that you know, their style of uh discipline seems to border more of uh sweeping stuff under the rug and uh kind of like getting it out of people's uh mouths. Pretty much. And it's sad to see that because you know, honestly, for instance, I'll use me as an example. If I were to do something as shady as I'm not going to name names from phase claim, but I'm sure we all know about it. The whole crypto thing. Oh you know? yeah. Like the way that, uh, they handled that was, <laughs> it was a dumpster fire. I think we did talk about that on this podcast actually, but it very briefly though, because at that point it had been beaten to death and. I mean, but just for example yeah. purposes, I mean, they weren't very transparent. No one took accountability. Everyone was pointing the fingers at the next person. Well, we don't want that. If we do something that is out of line, then we want that person, whether it is me or anyone in management or any one of our content creators or one of our players, you know, we want them to take accountability for what they've done, good or bad. And another relevant uh instance for this as well that i can bounce off of you to uh get more uh like more of an idea out of this uh power which is the uh esports organization started by lachlan the uh big fortnite youtuber you know they run fortnite teams and one of their teams or one of their members was part of a uh, trio that kind of like skipped out on paying their coach for this uh, FNC, this past FNCS season. And the coach came out, made a twit longer. And a lot of people are giving the organization flack now. And as far as I've like uh, heard, as I know this is very, very new. They haven't responded as far as I know. I, I, like, I could not tell you, but as of uh, four o'clock, which was about four hours ago, they haven't responded. Yeah, see, we, and this is what we want to avoid for our organization. Now, granted, yes, it was originally started in 2019. Now, it fell apart because things weren't in place. We restarted it again this year, actually just over a month now. We have restarted this organization, and it has made leaps and bounds compared to other orgs that are starting out, but they just die off or however it goes 
with us, we've focused on the main things. And again, as I said, it's the accountability, responsibility, transparency. Oh yeah. Like I can definitely see that. I, I know, I know you guys would be the top of, uh, uh, top of management to, uh, you know, to, you know, to sit down with your members and talk through some of the like stuff like that. Like if one of your members were to do something reprehensible, I know you guys would sit them down and, you know, give them the old uh, high school principal talk <laughs> about that one. Yeah, because it's something you don't see a lot in esports, especially, you know, usually like they don't sit down with the players and talk about stuff like that. They just kind of hand their punishment out or they just straight up drop the player with uh, no, you know, discourse back and forth. Right. Now, we've had that issue already, and it's not, and we were as transparent as could be with this, with this said situation. Now, because of who it was and the player, I'm not going to name them, but they were actually listed as part of a scam process. Oh, boy. Because of that, like, we did a lot of research into it because someone came to us and was like, hey, you might want to look into this person. And we did. Now, we didn't want to say why we had to do what we did, but because of the transparency that we value, you know, we told everyone, we have to let this person go. Granted, they are a pro player. Like, they've got the stats to back them. They're, they played for Tekken 7. Ah. So oh, I think were, I remember seeing that, actually. They were in the... If I had to put them... Worldwide, they were top five. Ooh. Yeah, like this guy was a god-tier player. And because of the scandal and everything that was involved, we just, we had to let it go. And we explained it. Just like I told the content creators, the management, you know, we all got together and we're like, we just can't do it. We can't afford having that come back on us. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. But and the thing of it is, is when it comes to this organization, when it comes to transparency, a lot of management stuff is handled by management. But when it comes to you know certain things that involve the organization as a whole, we involve the entire organization, not just management, not just our content creators, not just our league players, everybody. Yeah, but I do want to kind of like jump into some of the uh, basic questions. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like for people out there listening that may want to know more about the org, like uh, what, like what is your guys' uh, focus like starting out here? Are you guys going to be geared more towards uh, like content creation and helping your members grow or are you guys looking to be competitive right away? Honestly, we're looking at both aspects with Vanguard dropping uh, infinite coming out. We kind of want to get into the actual competitive part, but at the same point in time, we also want to focus on our content creators, push them where they want to go, get them exposure, build our community. So we're kind of a 50, 50 right now. And this is where we're having an issue 
because we're in a wall because with those games coming out, a lot of the players have already been signed or picked up. Yeah, like a lot of so, uh like yeah, the tier ones, yeah, they snot people like months before a uh release or a uh esports announcement from a new title comes out. Like I'm pretty sure they haven't announced it yet, but most of your tier ones probably already have uh splitgate teams. Oh, in yeah, mind. Yeah. They already have them like in under wraps, you know. They already have those guys, you know, in their in their uh phones basically oh yeah but something i've also discussed with you before like in like in personal interactions is uh that i think content is like the wave for esports orgs in general starting out these days and a big example i know of this is uh an organization that i used to follow uh in my time playing fortnite He's one of my favorite Fortnite streamers was part of this organization. It was called Raised by Kings, RBK. And they went really hard, you know, trying to sign people that were competitive in the beginning. And they did quite well. They had some of the best players in Oceania and Australia. And they had a couple of good NA players too. But they didn't really get their names out on the out on, like out on the map. Until they signed your fellow Arab, who is one of our favorite streamers as well. Such a hard worker and a uh, really, really uh, good person to listen to about the uh, like street, like content creation business. Mm-hmm. They picked him up and started running content, you know, inspired by him. Like doing a lot of like vlog type stuff and getting the uh, esports players involved in content and stuff. And they started popping off, but Arab himself had popped off so much. So that his grand kind of outgrew the uh, organization while he was a part of them. And they kind of parted ways, but RBK is still doing really well now just because of that uh, content push that Arab gave them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is for even with small works, yes, content creation, personally, I will say that it is the best way to go. But at the same point in time, if you go competitive, it's also a great way to go because you've got to think sponsors, other tier one orgs, they're going to look at the lower teams, you know, the amateurs, the pro-ams, all of them. They're going to look to see who's got the talent. And that's going to give us a push as well as an organization when they see, you know, one of our teams, we're going to use Splitgate, you know, pop off in Splitgate and they're just dominating. You know, that's going to get a lot of attention. Oh, yeah. They're going to be like, like, well, who's this org? And then they're going to look back and be like, oh, well, they're really doing something right. So that's going to bring attention to them for the team, but also to the organization. Yeah, like a good way to get your name out there for sure. There's an organization I've never heard of before because uh like this and this is in an Apex in the Apex scene. They this team called Scars with a Z at the end signed three of the most like insane Apex players in EU and their team ended up winning the EU ALGS. 
Oh, wow. And their guys are some of the biggest uh, Apex creators, you know, now because of that, you know, tournament win. And that's free publicity for the org, so... That's the benefit of picking esports players up as a smaller org, I suppose. It is, um, but it also comes at a cost, you know. And for a lot of smaller orgs, the financial backing just quite isn't there for a lot of us. So we we have to come out of pocket, you know, if we were going to pick up, you know, top tier players. Yeah, like to pay those top tier players, it takes a lot of money. I know the esports orgs, you know, just now, like uh, some of the, I think 100 Thieves and yeah, 100 Thieves, NRG and FaZe Clan, as of like, the, I think 2019, were the only three profitable orgs in all at of esports. Time, yeah. At that time, yeah. And I mean, but now you've got all these other organizations that have come up because, you know, FaZe Clan, Energy, 100 Thieves, all of them set that example. And a big org that like set their, you know, set got set in stone because of their competitive success is Sentinels. They're big in, they're big in a lot of games now, but most prevalently uh, Fortnite and Valorant. Because, you know, they were the ones that signed the uh, Booga, the kid that won the uh, Fortnite World Cup and got the $3 million. Yeah. I've, I've and they're also huge. Valorant. They're also huge in Valorant now, too, because of that yeah. success from Fortnite. It's insane. Yeah, I've heard of them from Valorant. I really didn't pay attention. I don't really pay attention to Fortnite, personally. Uh, they're also <laughs> in Apex, but they're not quite as big in Apex. But... Yeah, but they're huge now because of uh, success of some of their players and being well, I mean, able to keep organizations, them. Too. Certain organizations have their own niches. You know, you got some that are just, they excel when it comes to Fortnite. They excel when it comes to Call of Duty. They excel when it comes to Valorant, Splitgate, Halo, you name it, they'll excel at that. But then you got the ones that kind of spread out. They're not the worst. They're not the best. Like, uh, so they're like... Yeah, the, the biggest tier one org that has, like, I'd say that has their roots in everything is uh, NRG. They have roots in every esport that I can think but, of. But if you think about it, though, and look, they're not really known in certain games compared to others. Yeah. Every every organization will have its niche. And with Uncaged, I want to primarily focus between cod and halo you know that's one of our main focuses oh yeah you that's know? like a and you know it has its own those games have their own like age you know they have a different demographic than some of these other ones too oh yeah and i feel like apex like, would be a good one for you guys to reach out into because you know the game is booming right now and it's you know, there's a lot to be done in that scene as well. There's, there is, but this is where it comes with being a small org. We can't spread ourselves too thin. So we just kind of want to keep focused. Now, granted, yes, I know COD is so worn out and everything else, but I mean, Halo with Infinite dropping and Vanguard dropping, we want to build that roster. We want to build a team that 
for one, they're not going to quit because they take a loss. No, we want a team that even if they lose, they're going to take that chemistry and make it work. You know, I'm not saying that they're going to get along and everything like that. If they don't get along, and that's understandable. You know, they don't have to be a part of that team specifically. Because, let's face it, we're all human. We like some people. We don't like others. But we want to find that chemistry for a team for COD and that chemistry for Halo. Where they just mesh well, everything goes, and we can expand. Oh yeah, like a really, you know, a really good way for uh, growth and a lot of senses for stuff like that is to, you know, help the players grow their brands as well. And it just kind of trades off. And in some cases, the play in some cases, you know, the uh, big players, will, you know, the big fish will leave for the tier ones that offer the, you know, throw the extremely big amounts of money at them. But you'll still have a lot of uh, up-and-coming talent looking at you and grinding for your org instead of these tier ones now. You know, it kind of, uh, it kind of, you know, kind of like fulfills itself as uh, the cycle goes on. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Is like if you look at our Twitter, you'll see that we really push hard for our content creators. I mean. We tweet them out every chance we get. And we don't just tweet them out on Twitter. I mean, we give them hits on TikTok. We give them hits on Twitter. We tr- I believe we actually have them on Facebook as well. So, like, we reach out multiple platforms, including Snapchat. We do actually have Snapchat, too. Oh, so dang. We- you guys have uh, got set up on basically every uh, social platform. Yes. We try to expand expose our content creators and our players as much as possible. So we don't just shout them out on Twitter because we understand Twitter's a flooded market. So is Instagram. So is Facebook. But with everything that we're pushing, someone's bound to see it from somewhere. And they're going to be like, oh, well, let me check this person out. So So when we focus on our content creators and our players, we make sure they are our top priority. And is there like other stuff that you guys offer for the uh, creators as well? Like I'm assuming like possibly uh, I would say something along the lines of like uh, set, helping them set up their streams and stuff, getting the best quality possible out of it. Something like yes. audio engineering assistance or you know, helping them get their overlays right or getting them hooked up with artists that'll uh, make the best uh, art for their branding as well. Yeah, actually. um, Because that's something that I don't see a lot of uh, orgs talk, like small orgs talk about when they talk about benefiting their players. You know, you never really see that. So that's something I wanted to ask, like, you know, what kind sure of offerings that. would you guys have for like that stuff? Because I feel like that's stuff that people that the smaller content creators or like aspiring uh, pro players need to look into when they look for new orgs. And I feel like that's something that a lot of orgs need to look into as far as uh, acquiring new players as well. Like what kind of benefits they would offer to uh, pro- prospects coming yeah, in. Yeah. Um, like for that. 
example, I mean, we do have people that we deal with for our graphics and overlays and everything else. Oh, yeah. What we do is we will pay out of pocket to give our content creators the, our, the overlays, you know, and we will tweak it to how they want it, yet re- so it represents them, but yet they shows that they stand with us. Oh, yeah, that's definitely a bit, you know, that's a big W as well. You know, I've I've been offered by, you know, I've been reached out to by like several orgs in my days, like streaming Fortnite when I was streaming Fortnite more often and kind of popping off at the game. And I would ask them questions like that and they just, you know, kind of go silent. They don't want to answer those questions. You'll ask them questions like, you know, they were ones offering me money, offering me $300 a month, which is like nothing, you know, and that's, and that was like ridiculous hours. And I can, you know, I'm not afraid of like uh, them hearing this and coming back to haunt me, but they offered me $300 a month provided that I stream 40 hours a month for them. And put out at least one YouTube video a week, but that's too much effort for someone that works full time, such as myself, you know, to dive into. So I asked them, like, what else do you guys offer? Are you guys going to give me advice and tools to help me uh, make my streams the best possible, make my YouTube videos the best possible? And then they just kind of died out after that. They didn't have anything really to say. Right. And that's what you got to watch for is because a lot of orgs, they will, they'll come at you and be like, oh yeah, we'll pay this much. We'll pay this much, but you got to fulfill these unrealistic, like unholy deals for them. And it's just like, do you not understand that I have a personal life? Like I do this, you know, outside of, you know, my work, my family, whatever you do. You know, and a lot of words, they don't ever take that in consideration because they want to do what they want to do. It's their way or the highway. Like, and it was then, alluring for sure to be offered, you know, money to uh, stream Fortnite. And, you know, and outside of, like, getting Twitch payouts. But I looked, yeah. I also read the contract that they sent me to, and boy, oh boy, that thing was full of so many, fu- that thing had so many red flags, you could probably, uh, you know, this like you they laid out so many red flags that you could sew a fucking dress for the fucking entire planet Earth out of those flags. Like just one of the things I can list off the top of my head that I remember is a fifty percent split of my Twitch payouts. Considering Twitch already takes fifty percent before they give you money. And then also having to pay taxes on the whole amount before they even, you know, before they get their cut. Yeah, I have so to pay taxes really on the whole spend. amount. So I was just like, yeah, that sounds like a scam, dog. <laughs> I was like, yeah, they don't offer any tool. They, you know, they're not offering anything cool. And they're also wanting half of my Twitch payouts. This just sounds like a scam. Yeah, it's not, like that's not right because we don't ask our content creators for anything. We don't want their Twitch payouts. We don't want none of that because we want to focus on them building 
their community and repping the org. That's what we want to focus on today. You made your money by your content. That is your money. We don't want it. That's how we see things. And it's, yeah, it's a very so noble uh, like way that. to go as well. I just hate seeing all these orgs that are doing that because to me that's just slimy. And the now, way the way you're like describing it to me, like very very uh, vaguely, re reminds me of the MCN I was partnered with long time ago on YouTube, seven years back when uh, gaming channels couldn't uh, partner with YouTube directly. And yes. this MCN I was a part of. Sure, they took their pay cut like all the MCNs did, but I had an 80-20 split because I negotiated really, really well. I negotiated really well. But they also had a no, like, you know, they also had like a non-binding contract too. So if you wanted to take a better deal or you got signed to a better uh, network, they released your con. They would release you from your contract, and you there were no hard feelings. And that's the vibe I get from uh, what you're saying here. Yeah, and that's the thing with us is we never want if we have a content creator or one of our players leave, we do not want them to have any sort of hard feeling with us. We actually want to see them succeed in what they have visioned in their goals. Now, it's never going to be sunshines and rainbows and unicorn farts. Let's face it, it's the world. So there's going to be times where we're going to have, you know, people leave on that sour note, and it could be over a misunderstanding. It could be over anything small or major. So what we want to do is we want to focus on, we don't want to have people like throw twit longers out on us and just be like, oh, this, this, and this, and talking shit. We want them to be like, this is what it was. We had a misunderstanding. We decided it was best that we part ways. We wish them the best and they still have our full support. And we move on from there. Oh yeah. That's just the nature of business though. Somebody, there's somebody uh, down the line that I'm sure is going to cause drama. That's just business. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I said, it's not all sunshines, rainbows and unicorn farts. It's the oh world. yeah. But, I mean, we want to do the best that we can and be as transparent as possible. So. You know, there's a lot of big questions to ask here. You know, there's just a lot. Like, I've, like you've already described what kind of games you're going to go into, but mm -hmm. are there games down the line that you could see yourself getting, you know, you guys getting invested in, say, the opportunity presents itself? Believe it or not, like something yes. like Rocket League, or like I'm thinking something like Rocket League, or possibly not Apex, like I mentioned earlier, but Rocket League. And uh, shoot, there's gonna be other games down the line like that that develop an esports scene that aren't like shooters. Well, I was a prime example was Tekken, like the the kid that we were gonna originally pick up for Tekken. Yeah. I mean, I definitely would look at that prospect because, yeah, everyone focuses on COD or Fortnite or League of Legends, stuff like that, but there is still a huge following for the fighting game. 
Yeah, the FGC um, is very, very tightly knit and very passionate, to yes. say the least. Like, uh, you know, Morse Critical, Charlie, the, you know, fucking scuff, like gamer Jesus, basically. Mm-hmm. He has his own esports org now called Moist Esports, and their primary venture right now is Smash Ultimate. And they have two of the top 50 players in the world. And it's crazy to see, you know, the support that they get, not just because of Charlie's brand, but in the Smash community too. You know, the Smash community is very receive, you know, very welcoming of uh, Charlie jumping in. It's really, really cool. It's just that Nintendo doesn't support them. So, (laughs) like... Like, it's, you know, just Nintendo doesn't like to support them, but, you know, the community itself is very, very welcoming. So, the FGC is very, very fun to get into. Yeah, and I mean, I like... One of the, like, first bastions of esports, might I add, as well. But besides the old arena shooters, you know, people arcade-playing Mortal Kombat. And Honestly, Street I wouldn't Fighter. mind seeing some Unreal Tournament going on, though. But, yeah. Oh, my God. I wish Unreal Tournament was alive now. That was my favorite <laughs> game of all time. Right? It's my favorite game of all time. I still play Unreal Tournament 2004, like, once a week to this day. And I'm fucking sad that I never have anybody to play that with. So maybe one of these days, Epic will get their fucking foot out, their, their thumbs out of their asses and actually... Uh, remaster one of these old unreal tournament games so that i can stomp people for fun again right and i mean that's that's what i'm saying it's like our, actually we're we were talking about it today um one i think it was Alyssa, our coo she was going to uh start streaming like old pc games like we're talking like the very first Sim City, yeah, uh, Call of Duty Two. Oh my God! Like, yeah, so like we don't want our content creators to focus on one thing. Oh yeah, if they, like if they want to focus on one thing, it's got to be something they enjoy. You know, it's not what we want or anything like that. We want to see them enjoy if they're going to focus on something. Oh, one hundred percent. You know, you know, it's, you know, gaming at the end of the day for all of us is about fun in one way or another. Mm-hmm. That's how it starts. And yeah, that's enjoy. That's preferably what you want to see from anyone doing this seriously to, to that extent. And honestly, it's like with our goals that we have set in mind, like, I couldn't be any happier with the way this team is going and the direction that we're pushing because honestly, you know, we always look at it like this. Rome was never built in a day. Neither will we, but the time's going to come and we're going to be the ones to shine. So like say like, you know, for in game, say down the line, like year, like probably a year or two down the line, if you know everything goes extremely well and you guys got a huge corporate backer would y'all be willing to take that deal provided they gave you the creative control that you desired 
something along the lines of uh, 100 Thieves when uh, Dan Gilbert and, you know, Scooter Braun and Drake and all of them went in and gave Nate Shot that money, you know. If yeah. you got like a um, hundred thieves top deal, would y'all take it? That, that's my question. Where you get the creative control? Where you get the create? Like, would you would you guys be willing to like you know feel that like the prospect of that deal? The thing of it is, is it's not up to me. It's not True. solely up to me. It would be up to the organization as a whole. So we would actually pull in not only, as I said, our content creators, our players and our management team, and we would all have to sit and discuss this. We would have to make this decision as one. True. That That is a very, you know, like, big thing as far as that goes as well. But, because you know, that's team- a possibility down the line, though. Say, you know, that there's not a lot of uh, organizations like TSM where the, uh, you know, where Reggie or, you know, the guy that, like founded the organization was like well off beforehand and could fund the organization by himself for so many years and be successful. And you even saw uh, this year that they did a naming rights deal with FTX. So now they're TSM FTX. They did a $200 million deal for that. So it's something to think about down the line though, for you guys, for sure. It is, but it would, as I said, it all revolves around is it what's best for the org. Yeah. And then you've got stuff like uh, exclusivity deals with uh, peripheral providers. Like one of these days, uh, Corsair or Logitech or somebody like that or Razor might make try to come with you guys, come at you guys with a deal where they want your esports players to only use their products. That'd be something to think about as well. You know, that's one that comes down. That's something that comes to mind for me when I think about these like corporate sponsors. Yeah. But see, again, that's something that it all comes to the org's attention, not just mine. Yeah. I will never, I personally will never make a decision without the org's one knowing or b without their i'm not even gonna say consent without their consensus yeah that that you know that's a very noble uh mindset to keep to take into all of that as well but i'm just like spitballing uh potential uh potential futures like future options that may come your way from what I've seen in the industry since I, I like I've been following esports for literally a decade. I'm so, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm still fairly new to the esports era. I've only been following now for this is my fourth year. Yeah, like so, I got heavily into it around 2015, 2016. That's what, like, the entire reason I made my Twitch account was so that I could watch uh, Quake tournaments and. Uh, like Quake tournaments and uh, like your uh, COD, like like your big COD tournaments too. Back in those days, it was something else. But you know that's stuff that comes with the business of esports, and I just wanted to like hear some of your uh, input on that stuff. 
Yeah. Well, as I said, we built this organization with not just me, not just Alyssa, not just Redwood, you know, or our content creators that we picked up or Glitch or anything like that. We built this as a team. Whoever we bring into this team also has a voice, also has a vote. Yeah, that's very dope, though, you know, like, especially given the uh, members a, you know, a voice is very, very uh, alluring as a uh, prospect. Because as a creator, I see things from the outside that you guys might not see, and that's very alluring for someone like me if I were to look for an esports org again. Right. Which I did once upon a time, but... But the thing of it is, is like the management team came from previous organizations and we've been silenced. We've been ignored. Our opinion never mattered. You know, we never want to have that ever come up in this organization because we would come up. And honestly, they would be some amazing ideas for our content creators, amazing ideas for our players, you know, even for management themselves. But we would get silenced. And oh, yeah, that's always a pain in the ass. No matter where you go, that is a uh, theme in business, and that's a pain in the ass. We never want to have that here. And if it does start, we will find the root of the problem, and we will we'll remove it at that point because we do not want anyone silenced. Their opinion is going to matter as much as my opinion. Just because I'm CEO doesn't make me any higher than one of my content creators. Yeah. This is another like callback that I'm thinking of, of that MCN I joined from YouTube. It was called freedom and it was an MCN built by the guy from full screen, George. If, if you remember YouTube back in the day, if you remember like the MCNs, you have to have seen George from uh, full screen, right? Yes. He went off from full screen and started his own MCN called freedom. And it was very much like what you're describing with, uh, uncaged. And it was a very successful, uh, MCN too. Because, like, not just because, you know, the standards for them were a little bit lower than the others, but they also had so many, uh, like, offerings for their uh, members. Like, not just uh, saying, you know, you know, they wouldn't just, like, like, you know, like, put you off when you emailed them. They literally answered my emails the same day about putting music in my videos, um, thumbnails, like stuff like channel art, all that cool stuff. They were literally like on the ball about all of that. And if you guys can do like what those guys did for me back then, that's more than enough for some of these prospects or people looking to get into orgs to uh, jump at. Like literally you guys as like new content creators out there, if an org's like giving you the tools to build your own brand and they're not forcing you to uh, contribute overly to like them, 
Like they're not cutting your pay, like your Twitch payouts. They're not forcing you to stream like X amount of hours, and they're not forcing you to keep a certain amount of concurrent viewers as a streamer or views per whatever on YouTube. Like that's an offer you guys should be jumping at, especially if I remember hearing correctly, you guys aren't going to uh, like hold any like hard feelings or lock people into staying with your org if they get a uh, lucrative offer from another org. I mean, that would be us holding them back. Yeah, and again, th- that ruins what our core fundamentals are we want to see people succeed this organization wants to see itself succeed we want to go from that amateur we want to be that tier one we want to be on that center stage we know we got to work for it oh it seems from what i've seen it seems like you guys got a really good core and a really good mindset on this so there's a lot of places, the good places this can go. I mean, the only thing we see is the stars, and we're aiming for every single one of them. Yeah, this is uh, something I... It's... It's it's different as well from Welcome to the Family when... You know, when I got involved with, you know, all of that. Welcome to the family is a community. Yeah, it's more of like it, a it, streamer community, more so than an actual organization. It's more like yeah. a streamer community, but it you, is know, you can people meet and make friends. Yeah, That's what Welcome can, to the Family is. Oh yeah, and it's very good at serving its purpose there. And one of these days, I hope to have uh, Dad stream on the podcast when he's uh, available. Do you want to get a kick out of this? He actually just called me about a half hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> Like right before you got on with me, like I was hoping one of these days, and this was when I started the uh, podcast and all, I was hoping to have him on. Yeah, he actually uh, just called me. To talk about like that stuff, because, you know, he's got a very good head on his shoulders as far as like the back end of uh, content creation goes. And I'd love to pick his brain for that stuff. Because he was the one that put me on, he's the one that put me on the uh, editing software that I use to edit these damn podcasts. If it weren't for a dad stream, you guys wouldn't be hearing crisp and clear audio quality. (laughs) My God, I would be using audacity and stressing the hell out over it because it's like borderline spyware with the newer updates. Yeah. And literally like, DaVinci Resolve was like the best thing ever for my content. <laughs> so I have him to thank for that one. But the point I was getting at though is like Uncaged seems very different from Welcome to the Family when you pitch that to me. Yes. It's very different and I can see lots of uh you know big green flags going for it. Unlike the other organizations that have ever reached out for to me and tried the sign or even even the uh the gaming clan that I joined for Apex a few seasons back in that game. I'm not gonna name drop the uh not gonna name drop them because to be fair, it's not you know, I don't wanna trash them, but you know, they just kinda had their toes dipped in other uh 
sources of water. Right. You, See, you know, and, and that's why with us, we want that transparency with our entire organization, with the followers. Management is going to be just as crystal clear to, you know, our followers and our fan base, just as much as we're going to be as transparent as we are to each other. You know, we want that crystal clear understanding that whatever we do, you guys will know. Right on. And, and another org that I've seen, like uh, I've mentioned to this, mentioned this to you before but uh exalved is an organization that i think they mainly run in valorant i think it's like apex mainly that i've like heard them heard them in apex cod and valorant they are very very community driven as an organization and it's very cool watching them grow from where they start, where where they were when I first heard of them, which was when uh, Crazy's girl got involved with uh, them. They were not nearly as big as they are now. Like they're, you know, they host some of the fucking most insane third party Apex tournaments now, yeah. with like financial backers and all, which is like ludicrous. Eventually, we'll get to And it's, like, all community-driven for them, too, you know? They host big, like, community event streams. They do, you know, they do, like, they do, like, events in their Discord and all kinds of shit like that. And I talked to their uh, head honcho as well. Like, I've even played Apex with the dude, like, unknowingly before. And I talked to him later after that knowing that and it was very very you know it's very rewarding to see a org go like that you know really like get one-on-one with the fans like that and i can see y'all doing a lot of the same yeah and believe it or not i mean isn't 100 thieves the same way yeah 100 thieves i think they started as like a clothing brand and like very slowly ventured their way into uh esports. Yep. And I mean as much as with uh Nade Shot, you know, Nade Shot broke off from Optic, you know, the Green Wave, which what he was known for for years, and he decided to, you know, go out on a limb and start his own brand and it was like mainly a clothing brand there at the start. Yeah, I mean, but as I said, a hundred thieves did get a nice jump because Nade Shot did have a backing. You know, he had that base. Oh yeah, he had this uh he had that foothold in the community of uh esports in general and he was able to make some really really good moves. But I can see a lot of uh similarities between Uncaged and a lot of successful orgs which is like the, you know, commitment to the uh you know, commitment to their uh, members and their partners. Mm-hmm. And it's literally all we want. And and not to, like, bash this organization, but one I really don't see transparency to their creators for, and, you know, this is a Tier 1 org as well, 
is uh, Cloud9, you know, like I used to love Cloud9 because their teams were like really, really good in every game that I watched. But as time went on and as I started like getting, you know, more savvy with the content creation sphere and knowing what's good for creators and all that, I just saw C9 as less appealing as an organization to be a part of. And I would say for sure that getting in an organization like TSM or or like even Team Liquid, who's not as, uh, you know, they're not as like out there, but, you, you know, they're not like front facing like the rest are. But I would still say that, you know, they have better relations with players than C9. But, you know, the biggest... E Orgs in the game right now, which are like Hundred Thieves, T TSM, and NRG, are very like communicative with their uh, creators and their players, and also and that's their a very fans. and their fans as well. And that's a very good thing to see, and it's a very good uh, striking similarity to have with your organization as well coming up. That's a very good trait to start with. And, to, and that's what we built this off of. I mean, we built it off of the fact that we want everyone to see what we are doing. Yeah, it's definitely been an enlightening, enlightening chat so far. I've enjoyed every minute of it because I love talking shop about content creation in general and the back end. Like, I literally spent probably 20 minutes while you were uh, preparing to uh, get, on, get on this uh, podcast with me nerding out about the analytics on this podcast on YouTube. Like that's a big one. You know, I love the analytics. I love the back end of content creation. It's something I'm always a big enthusiast of and esports is right there with it. Not now, but one of these days I will, you know, have a uh, organization, you know, like, touting me as one of their biggest pieces. <laughs> it's just not a step I can take right now. <laughs> like, it, I mean, honestly, though, is uh, everyone's like, oh, I want to join an org. I want to join. Sometimes an org is not what they need. Yeah, that's I mean, and something and that, and that's very bold of you that. to say as well, given the position that you're in as well. Because I know this first, you know, firsthand now, and you saw this with the, uh, Tifu, you know, you saw it with the Tifu phase thing, and yeah, you know the organ, you know, like the organizations really aren't the greatest thing for the, uh, for like the, you know, some of these players. But an organization that's fair to its uh, partners is definitely one I would suggest these smaller creators jump on. Yeah, and like I mean, if I were Tifu, I would want to join a smaller org like yours over something that's going to be predatory in its contract. Yeah. Because and honestly, I look at it like this and I don't know how my management team feels, but this is where, even if we had a difference in opinion, we would actually come and talk and get to a middle ground on this. Oh Any yeah. Discrepancies we have with each other. We actually sit and talk and we don't get mad. We don't get upset. We listen to everybody's opinions and we take that, and then work towards equal ground. So everyone is happy. 
But for instance, though, to get back to it is we'll say we'll use TFU. We'll say he jumps in and says, hey, I want to join the org. We're not going to require anything from him because of our size. We're not going to be like, oh, yeah, well, you're, you're this big star. You know, can you help us? No. How can we help you? What can we do to help you? Like, yeah, it's a very uh, slippery slope to, uh, you know, like you got to watch. I know you have to watch for some of the uh, like bigger, like bigger content creators as well. Because, you know, some of them will, I don't think it's like going to be at that point yet for you guys, because you guys aren't offering money, you know, like right off the bat, you know, for a competitive play. Yeah. But for some of these competitive players, and I see this especially in Fortnite, is there are like extremely talented Fortnite players like extremely fucking talented can roll everyone and place top 10 in these tournaments consistently with their teams. But these kids refuse to create content. They just want to like play the game competitively. They don't want to build a brand and make this like last longer than the life cycle of Fortnite. They're just interested in competing and so much. So it's a detriment to them because not only do they like refuse to create content, but they're also uh, like very brand risk in the way that they behave as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they were to sit there and even just take their best clips, their best shots, and even just make a quick, you know, minute montage and upload it right. There's content creation that actually would help them more than anything. I mean, especially if they're trying to get noticed. Yeah, from what I see, a lot of, like, orgs talk about from what they, like, expect, you know, like, the the orgs that pay out big money, like, what they expect out of their players coming in now because of the way esports, like, in general is shifted from being all about competitiveness to being more about content is a lot of these orgs that pay out want you to have a brand. So that's also for you competitive players out there. You know, give Uncaged a shot because they will definitely help you uh, secure your foothold in the YouTube and Twitch landscape that'll get your uh, brand, get yourself noticed by some of these bigger orgs because they do not want people that do not want to make content. Like, bar none, it is like set in stone, basically. Like, you would have to be. Like you would literally have to be faker in League of Legends. Like the two-time world champion, you know, that is just a god at the game no matter what to get a, an org to sign you for big money and not, like, make content. Not that faker doesn't make content. He streams a lot. But, like, a Fortnite example I can give for people that don't like stream is uh, I think it's a Seth. Uh, he was duos with uh, he was duos with one of the best like Fortnite players of uh, all time. Like him and his duo were like one of the best like Fortnite competitive duos of all time. They always yeah. place really well, but the kid doesn't stream, 
but he has his foothold in an org. That's a very rare case where he doesn't stream and make content, but still has a contract. That's a very, very rare instance. And everyone can't expect that to be what they're going to get. That's an exception, not the rule, as they say in the industry. (laughs) Yeah. They say that about, like, face cams for streaming. Like, like, you know, they say that about face cams for streamers as well. Like, it's just going to be a, it's just, you're going to have a hard time without it. And that's what a lot of uh, people want you to know when they say stuff like that. It's not like an attack against you for not wanting to do that. It's just the nature of business. And for these prospects, uh, whether you're a content, like a creator or a competitive player, to get signed to orgs, you have to have a you have to have some uh, semblance of an attempt to work on content. Yeah, I mean, and it's and it's, it's cool to see that you know you guys are actually offering uh, tools and uh, help to these uh, people do in starting that, which is very yeah. very cool. Yep. And like, hopefully there will be a lot more to come. Like as I said, it, it, we're paying out of pocket, so it might not happen right away. We ask that people bear with us because, you know, we do have to, you know, worry about our bills and our, you know, stuff that we have to handle before we can fully focus on York with what's left. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, like- yeah, like in a lot of cases, like your family and your uh, like your home life, you know, will come in the way. But one of the I have I do have faith that that your organization will grow to a sustainable level with this mindset and the uh, values that you've established in this uh, podcast with me so far. Like I do have faith. Yeah, and as I said, like if we were to bring even anyone from our management team, one of our content creators, and a cat just hit his head off my desk. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh, I've got my nephews uh, screaming and running across the house here. I'm pretty sure I'm going to have a field day in post, but I don't even think I heard your cat bonk his head, so that's okay. I think the, I think the f- fun in post is going to be on my end. <laughs> but, hey... It is what it we is. Get, like, and this chat is, had, the, had to happen. Creators, yeah, if we can get one of our content creators in here, you know, they would tell you, because I wouldn't say two words. I would just be like, hey, would you like to jump in on this podcast? I guarantee you they would tell you the exact same that I've sat here and said. Oh, 100%. What our, what our, what our core values are and what we believe in. Yeah, I've definitely got to introduce myself to uh, some some more, uh, you know, members of your org. Because I've only met Alyssa, and I'm excited to meet more of them and sort of, uh, you know, just uh, have some friendly chats with them, you know. Uh, Not to raise any alarm bells for them, but, you know, they're, you know, I just, you know, I love picking people's brains and learning. Like yeah, literally, one of them are two main content creators. One is uh, Killin, which is you know Twitch TV slash Killin K I L L I N, 
And another one is official mods. So it would be official underscore mods. They are both amazing content creators that are with Engaged. And actually, Mots just did a huge stream for the suicide prevention. Nice. So she was raising money for the charity for that. Oh, Killin was like K I L L I N? Yes. Hold on, is it spelled a different way? Because, yeah. It might be. I have her. <laughs> like, I don't think I found the route. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, but crazy is interjecting uh, midway to uh, tell to tell me that we could do this in the uh, the like the podcast uh, show channel voice channel in this Discord server, but I don't have any qualms uh, or worries about that being a problem <laughs> because oh, okay, so it is different. Her uh, Twitch is actually different from what she has on her. Uh... Uh, yeah. All right. So it is killing, but U.S. underscore. There we go. Oh, I can hear my nephew screaming away. At two hundred and twelve followers. Oh, I see the uh, the uncaged uh, channel art in the background. This is very lit. I'll go ahead and uh, drop a follow there. But that is uh, very, very uh, lit. Got to just drop some followers all around for for the people of uh, your final organization. Because you know, like from what I've like heard so far, I definitely like I most definitely have faith that that you guys will grow and get there to that level where you will have to debate about corporate sponsorships. <laughs> But and honestly, if it is so divided that you know people don't want to go that route or whatnot, then so be it. We can we've made it as far as we have without it. Who says we can't go further without it? Oh yeah, one. I feel I have a, like a very very good feeling that you guys will hit that nexus point though. It's just like. The values and uh, motivation that that I've seen from you know everyone involved so far gives me a lot of uh, hope, and that's something that we could do a lot with a lot more of these days, considering uh, how everything go- tends to go. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, we just we want to see this as much as other people want to. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people that want to see us fail. As always, you know, that's part of uh, being online is uh, having haters and having people uh, praying for your downfall. Man, those people will just waste their fucking time. (laughs) 100% waste their time. And I think literally that was the first swear of this episode of the podcast, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) It's just a huge waste. Of time to, uh, you know, hate on people like that. But I feel like you guys will literally rise above all of that. And 
push through. Oh, of course. And as, as I was going to say, it's like as much as we have the ones that want to see us fail, we have just as many, if not more, that want to see us succeed. Yeah, it's going to be so. something else for sure. But right now, are you guys primarily like NA focused or would you guys like expand into like signing EU play, like getting EU players under your banner as well? Say like we're competitive open. players and we are open for all across. Yeah, because you don't want to miss out on the EU market. I, like EU is very, very rich with talent in a lot of uh, esports games. So and it's not even so much, you know, even on the competitive side. It's I have seen people in the EU. I have seen people that are, you know, just from all over. I mean, there's a guy that I watch that's in Germany, and he is amazing when it comes to content creation. You know, as much as I'd love to sit here and be like, yes, join us. He's not going to. And I understand that he's not going to because he's made it clear he doesn't want any organization or anything like that. He just wants yeah. to make the content for his community. And that's great. But if we can ever get, you know, people like that or wherever, then we will gladly accept them with open arms. Yeah, as of right now, the way I stand with it as a content creator is I just don't feel like I have enough to offer on my end. And I also have a lot of uh, things to do myself before I feel like I want to pursue that. I feel like there's a lot that I've got to do. And and what, what we really want to see, you know, and this goes for anybody, is we want you to feel comfortable to be like, hey, maybe I can give this a shot for content creation, or hey, I want to try to do this competitively. You know, we all got to start somewhere, but we want you to feel comfortable and know that, you know, we're one of the organizations, we're going to welcome you with open arms, and we're going to do what we can to help you. All we want to do is see you succeed. If you're rocking with us, and you're running the name that you're, you know, with the Uncaged Gaming team, you know, we're going to do everything in our power to put you out there. Right on. Heck, I'm really scraping the bottom of the barrel that is my mind to uh, find any more questions that people may want to, uh, may want to hear the answer to. Most of the ones I always uh, get forwarded, like as far as like esports stuff, or I, I see, is a lot of like, what does it take to you know get noticed by orgs? And heck, we talked about that in depth. But you yes. know, like I feel like a lot of ones, you know, a lot of questions that you know, I, a lot of topics that I wanted people to uh, get hear some more insight on, we did you know scrape and we did dive into so heck i think we i think we may be able to i think we may be ready to wrap this one up but it's definitely been an honor having you back on the podcast it's always a pleasure man hopefully one of these days we can uh just have another boys podcast with uh crazy in as well one of these days and it was an honor to be here i mean I, i enjoy coming to this podcast this is the greatest Oh yeah, it's always it's always good to have friends in too. That's you know, it's the best part. 
is I don't have to, uh, you know, I don't have to walk on thin ice having a, uh, outside guest as, as of right now, haven't had any, uh, outside guests that I don't know very well. So it's always good to have someone that, that I have a good, uh, rapport with that I don't have to worry about saying the wrong things to <laughs> because that was right. like, you know, I did mention that like I did intend on having a esports person on the podcast at one point in time, at some point in time in the future. But I always worried I was going to have to walk on eggshells for the entire podcast because I'm a fucking degenerate and I tend to say dumb shit. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> It's bound to happen, and I'm surprised that the degeneracy didn't take hold during this one, but that's because this was all business, and it was all very interesting for me. So I was just, like, tuned in for that and more composed because I'm actually, like, intellectually interested in the business and the back end of esports. And as I said, I'm, I'm not by far the most knowledgeable person. There are so many more people that know way much more than I do. But uh, heck, it's always great for the listeners to uh, hear what, you know, like what, you know, like what's uh, coming as you guys are starting and what the, you know, what organizations are looking for as well from as far as like, you know, in-game growth and like what they want from creators and all that stuff. It's cool to, you know. It was cool to, you know, kind of pick your brain and hear some of your thoughts on those things. And I'm pretty sure the listeners are going to enjoy as well. So for those of you listening out there, smack the like button on this podcast. Like, like it talks shit about your mom. It will help a lot and it will validate the uh, effort Raptor put it uh, after uh, that Raptor went through to come on this podcast and divulge this stuff through his uh, busy day because of because I know recently you did uh, kind of you get you did kind of uh, hurt yourself uh, uh, with with some uh, blunders and I'm glad you're okay from that as well wasn't so much a blunder it was honestly it was the craziest thing ever my neighbors were trying to fry chicken and oh what ended up happening is the grease caught fire. So um, when I went to go put it out, because of the cold air outside and the extinguisher on top of it, it literally exploded. Uh, so my le- yeah. my legs got burnt pretty bad. And I'm pretty sure you're juggling that along with uh, your 9 to 5 as well. So yeah. I'm very appreciative that you had the time to uh, jump in here and talk shop with me it's always a pleasure and with that being said everybody out there thank you so much for listening to this episode of rogue ai podcast um assuming this one's going to be episode number nine because i'm doing one with crazy in a couple of days and i think this one's going to be number nine as far as serialization goes and the next one I do with Crazy would be number 10. So stay tuned for episode 10. Crazy and I are going to break down the, the the gaming news for the week. And if no news comes up, I am going to be assembling some uh, 
some hot gamer questions to ask. So, you know, some of our uh, gamer backstory, you guys can learn some more about how we're such masculine gamer chads. But until next time, I bid you farewell. And just know, if you ever go to Glitch Energy, use code UNCAGED for 20% off. Yes, do use code UNCAGED to purchase some Glitch Energy. Do not buy G Fuel. It tastes like chalk and butthole. But I am going to say that because I do not want to be sponsored by G Fuel anyway. So, yeah, don't buy G Fuel. Buy buy Glitch and use code UNCAGED for 20% off. And also check out Anchor because they are the sponsor of this podcast on Spotify. If you want to make your own podcast, hey, Anchor's got you covered. They got every fucking thing you need. And with that being said, peace out, y'all. Thank you all.